0: but the volunteers one, one, one definitely needs to be a child and another can be a child or adult but the volunteers you have to if you don't mind getting your hair messed up okay. I'm not going to do anything crazy but you know <laughs> but you may have your dude all okay. okay brother Fred not yet I'll call you I'll call you winner uh, <laughs> okay my guy right there okay so, I'll, so yep, so I'll, I'll what's his that's something? Mark? Amari, Amari. So Amari and Brother Fred, very good. Uh, God bless you. We're going to get into the word right now. Uh, and what I have here is a basketball, a fisherman's net, Scissors, and last but not least, a basketball net, and we will talk a little bit about this. Oh, sorry, forgot about this, and some oil. And you may say, what does this have to do with each other? Uh, you'll find out. Uh, one I, one of the things I've discovered about Jesus is the reason why his his ministry was so powerful and memorable because Jesus always used two things in his messages. He either used a story or a symbol. Amen. And so, no, that's what I try to use, a story or a symbol or both because those are the things that people remember. Even years from now, people will remember those things. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6 Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 26. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. This is reading in the New Living Translation. Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arise. Verse 6, his preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. Ecclesiastes chapter, and that's the New Living Translation, Ecclesiastes 7, verse 26, the voice version says, along this journey, I discovered something more bitter than death. A seductive woman, or man, or man, her Heart is a trap in a net. Her hands shackle your wrists. Those who seek to please God will escape her or His clutches, but sinners will be caught in her or his trap. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse four and five. Again, the voice version says, "The weapons of the war we're fighting are not of this world. These weapons are empowered by God and effective at tearing down strongholds erected against the Lord's truth. Verse 5, we are demolishing arguments and ideas, every high and mighty philosophy that puts itself against the knowledge of the true, the one and true God. We are taking prisoners We are taking prisoners of every thought, every emotion and subduing them into obedience of the anointed one who is Jesus Christ. I want to speak to you on the subject cursed, cursed. And if you wanted to add a little notation under that, I I want to talk to you you about curse or the power of of Sunday school and the power of youth ministry. Youth ministry here we call Generation Chosen. Sunday school is called Sunday school. But I want to talk about cursed because it is is frightening to find out that the last word in the Old Testament (laughs) closes out with cursed. That, that, that's not and they lived happily ever after. Cursed. And as we travel through the New Testament and particularly Mark, we're traveling through Mark over the next uh, four to six weeks, I, I, I want to uh, talk about this series about creating a culture of blessing. And wonder what would happen, my experiment is what would happen if we just created a culture of blessing for for the month of September and where we would just look for ways to bless people, what would those people look like in October if they just were in that culture? It's sort of like if you were in a kitchen where they were frying uh, chicken or fish if you stayed there long enough, you would smell like the chicken or fish. So I wonder what would happen if people were in such a culture of blessing that maybe they would come out knowing they're blessed instead of cursed. Now, the definition we're going to use for blessing is to empower others to succeed. So when I bless you, I want to empower you succeed. Are you with me so far? The word cursed here is an interesting word because it, because it is not the usual Hebrew word for the word curse. It's, it's another word they use. Uh, the usual word for curse is uh, profane, profane, and profane for which we get our words profanity. It, it's an interesting word Pro means uh, before or in front of, and fanus fanus means the temple. And I was like, profane means in front of the temple? Does that mean people swear in front of God's house or something? But what it really means is because you are profane, are you with me? That means you are to be kept outside of of the temple are outside of the presence of God. So when someone uses profanity to you, they are cursing you saying you have no right or ability to come to God. Praise God from whom all. So if you can't get into his presence, you can't get blessed. Blessed. And if you can't get blessed, you can't be empowered to succeed. What is success? Success is not money. Success is not power. Success is doing what God created you to do. That is success. In his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, Stephen Covey says this, people, sadly, people have climbed the ladder of success only to find that it was leaning against the wrong wall they got a lot of money but they lost their family so we're talking about doing what God has created you to do that is success but the word curse here it means a net it means a thing that's perforated it means a thing that is a Pointed to utter destruction. In other words, when they curse you, they want to place you in a point or a place where you will be utterly destroyed. The word cursed here means to forfeit. To forfeit what? To forfeit the plan of God for your life. I've never been cussed out and felt good about it. And those of us who may have had the practice of swearing or cursing or using profanity, very rarely have we used it in a good context, especially when driving. Praise the Lord. Now, so when you're talking about cursed, and if I can have Amari come here, God says unless... I turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. There's going to be a curse. There's going to be a curse. And What the enemy does, unfortunately, because of sin, we were, we were all born in sin. Are you with me? And we were shaped in iniquity. You don't have to teach a child how to be bad. I know you love your sweet little child, child. but many times, uh, in fact, I think it was a few days ago, I went to hug a child, and and, and I mean, this child couldn't speak. This child was just kind of smiling in my face, but grabbed my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and the mother's like, let go, they're not yours. They're the child didn't care. Can I get a witness? You have to teach your child how to be good how to be good how to be like God because we're born in a curse and and, and I want to encourage you that I believe the reason why the Old Testament ends with the word curse is because it'll help mankind to appreciate that in the New Testament there is a word called the gospel or good news you don't have to live your life under curse. So many times what happens is that as soon as we're born, we're cursed. And we walk around with this net on our head. And we're, we're in the hand of the enemy. Now the thing is is that, see, right now you could see the, the, the net and you're like, ha, ha, ha. But many of us don't realize that we're, we're living our lives. Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 7, I want to do good, but every time I try to do good, this nets around me. How many of you all ever, you told your child not to do something, and they did it anyways, and then you ask the question, why did you do that? Come on, parents, raise your hand. Parents, raise your hand. Parents, raise your hand. Now, the question is, why did you ask that question? Because your parents asked you the same question, and you didn't have an answer. Why'd you do? Why'd you steal that? You know it's wrong, right? Yeah. Why'd you do Oh, no. Okay. Okay. And the enemy's just dragging you. Dragging you. Peer pressure. Frustration. Disappointment. Just dragging you. Dragging you. Dragging you. Why? Because you're caught in the net. You're caught in the net. You're caught in the net. Very good. I you know. you know, I'm going to pay you some money, right? That's $2, okay? Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Could you come up here, Dr. Fred? Here's the problem. The problem is, is that unless the Lord breaks the curse, okay? Now, now let's stop right here for a minute. In the game of basketball... I've discovered that if you're playing basketball, how many of you have played basketball in a place where there was no net? Okay, okay. Now, did that stop you from playing basketball? No. So, So I was thinking if the basketball score is when the ball... Goes through the rim. Why do you need a net? Hmm. Things that make you go hmm. You'll have to Google that, young people. Uh, our hall. As I looked up the definition, I found out the reason why there's a net is that the net proves that there was a score. Because sometimes you can't tell if the ball went through when you have no net, especially guys who are yes. really good shooters. Yes. Okay, I know Devon saying I'm that's me. I'm great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the ball, it makes sure the net makes sure that there's proof that there was a score. And sadly, when we grow up, many of us are walking around with a net around our shoulders. It's proof that the enemy has been scoring on us all our lives. Our heads have gone through his net. And so you have this man, if you could sit next to your wife. Here he is a professor, here he is a husband, here he is a father. And yes, you know, he, he, he's a good guy, but maybe as long as the curse is in his life, maybe he's not the husband that he wants to be. Maybe he's not the father that he wants to be. Maybe while he's on his job, you know, that there's he flies off the handle. It's quiet in here. Because some of us are walking around with not simply a net that we've been carrying for our lives, but there are many of us sitting here with invisible nets around our neck. And every day, watch this, the devil is running up the score. But I have good news for you. (laughs) There's a sigh okay, what's the good news? The good news is this. Is that we have to be determined to season people's lives with blessings that will reverse the curse. Are you hearing me so far? And, and when I had uh, um, Amari, is it? How could I miss it? Amari. I asked myself, what would happen if we, through Sunday school, began to put the word in children's lives? Why? Why? Watch this. If you're playing a game, the only time the net is cut in public is when there's victory. Are, are you with me? Yes. If you watch the final four, they'll they, they, they climb a ladder and they're like, yep, it's a sign of victory. And my point is, is that I really believe that God wants to use Sunday school and youth ministry because the Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is the word of God that will cut the net of, of destruction, of, of I, why am I doing this, from what the enemy is trying to destroy in our lives. Are you with me so far? See, see uh, let me keep going. Uh, right here, and, and I'll keep saying this until she passes away or I pass away. Uh, Mother Watson, could you raise your hand? Mother Watson could you just wave your hand I want you to wave your hand yeah wave your hand can okay. you see this wonderful woman she was my Sunday school teacher and then she went from my Sunday school teacher to being my youth pastor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and she kept putting the word in me over and over again and as a child the more she put the word in me, the more the net of bad decisions like premarital sex or drugs or all the stuff that my friends used to get into. Are you with me? Uh, uh, the word of God that she put in me cut the net. That's the power of Sunday school. That's the power of being taught scriptures in the word and, and and constantly, David said, Thy word, Psalm 119, verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Let me give you an illustration because it's frightening when it comes to this thing called the curse. And it's frightening because what you may not realize, you now we looked at Amari. How old is Amari? How old is he? 11. Okay, he's 11 years old, but someday he's going to be 21. And someday he's going to be. 31. And someday he's going to be 41. And someday, today, his parents see their lives flashing before them. (laughs) I was a Sunday school teacher. And I had this Sunday school, this boy come into my class who had no dad in his life. And I was... 20, and he was about 8 no 12 there's a big difference between 20 and 12 yes. right yes. And so this little boy if you can show the picture this little boy some of you are trying to figure out who he is but I'll tell you eventually I realized that God put this boy in my life me to seize in his life the scripture says in second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 and 5 the weapons of our warfare the weapons we are fighting with are not of this world but they're empowered by God effective tearing down the strongholds erected against the truth of God we are demolishing arguments and ideas and every high philosophy that pits itself against the knowledge of God. And I was pouring the word into this boy's life because I knew if I can get the word in his heart, David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against him. so I kept trying to put the word in his heart because Proverbs 23 verse seven in the King James Version says, as a man thinks in his heart, that's who he is. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, guard your heart with all diligence because out of your heart flows the issues of life. You'll always do what your heart tells you to do even if your brain is saying that's crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some of you have been in relationships where your brain would say don't go out that person but your heart said but I'm in love. Turn your name and say he's talking about you right now. <laughs> Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says do, uh, and the uh, message Bible says do not let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. This is J.B. Phillips translation, but let God remold your minds from within so that you may prove in in practice that the plan of God for you is good and meets all his demands and moves towards the goal of true maturity. Uh, And the message Bible says, for unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity. John 8, verse 31, 32, and 36 says, Then Jesus, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. You will know the truth, and you the truth will make you free. If the Son, therefore, shall what? make you free, you shall be free. Indeed, you shall be free. Indeed, is there any child here who, who loves to sing? Okay, good. Okay. Come here, Lydia. Very good. Okay, so we're, we're going to, we're going to. Uh, all I, all I need you to do is to say one word, and that word is indeed. But you have to go. But you have to go. Indeed. Indeed. Ooh, that's nice. Okay, so one more time. OK, so what I would do is I knew that I had to get the word in these kids hearts, in this in this kid's heart. And so I would make a tune. And the tune was John chapter eight, verse 36. If the son therefore, shall make you free, you shall be in fr- you shall be free indeed. And so so it went like this. John, John, chapter eight, verse 38. John chapter 8, verse 38, 36. John chapter 8, verse 36, John chapter 8, verse 36, if the sun therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. If the sun therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Everybody, if the sun therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Very good. If the sun therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And so, what would happen is that often one of the kids will say, "Indeed." And so we started putting in the song, in the song. So we go, John chapter eight, verse thirty-six. Come on, John chapter eight, verse thirty-six. If the sun therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Indeed. If the sun therefore shall make you free. You shall be free, indeed. Indeed. You shall be free, indeed. Indeed. You shall be free, indeed. Indeed. If the sun, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free, indeed. Indeed. (laughs) That's for you. (laughs) And so you can imagine these kids. They were, like, they had all boys. They were crazy. Like, if the sun therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And the guy's like, Indeed. <laughs> and so I was using their energy, because boys are crazy, as a part of enjoying Sunday school. But fortunately, as I fed and, and put the word in him, I only had a few, maybe a year or two, and then high school comes. And life comes, and he wandered away from the Lord, and a lot of things happened in his life that he can tell you personally that, you know, in some ways he regrets, in some ways he'd wonder what would have happened if I just stayed here. And then what happened is that around the age of 30 or so, he comes into PT, and I was shocked because I hadn't seen him since he was like that. And he said these words, gave his heart to the Lord. And I said, what what made you come back to the Lord? He said, because my life was so messed up that I decided to go back to the place in my life where I was happy. And he said, when I came in and I saw that you were still there, I said this is this is where I need to be. And so we took up where we left off. And he decided as as Mr. Darlington, Mother Darlington's husband, used to be the custodian of this church and he was getting old and couldn't keep up and This boy, Troy Ellaby said, I'm gonna clean the house of God for free. I just wanna bless God's house. In the meantime, he was saying, God, if you would just get me a job to take care of my daughter until she graduates, just let me do that, God. Once I get her through college, I'm all yours. And so as we started feeding the word, he ended up getting hired as a mechanic for the T. And then what happened is that he ended up being promoted and promoted and promoted till so he became a supervisor over 1,000 employees and 500 buses. And then he got his daughter through college and the lord said remember that deal but thank god he didn't have the net around him because just when he was about to leave they said we want to give you a promotion where you can make more money and he said i can't do that see if he had the net around his his neck the devil would said hey Come on, buddy. (laughs) Money. More. And some of you, you made some promises to God. Mm. God, if you get me out of this, I will. Mm. It's quiet here. And so the word brought him into a season and the final picture And so the boy, the 12-year-old boy I was ministering to at the age of 20 is now 50. Mm-hmm. And now there's, a, there's not that much of a big difference now between us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I look younger than, no, i can <laughs> 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 But But I want to encourage you as we bow our heads that this church is focused on restoring broken lives I want to encourage you those of you who or maybe you taught Sunday school before you came here in another church maybe you just love children and hey I can't teach but I can serve refreshments but I am convinced that as we start our Sunday school back up again in two weeks, I'm convinced that that's going to be the lifesaver of many a children, child. I believe that if we put the Word of God in them over and over again, that decisions. I am convinced that there's decisions that I would that I did not make because. Mother Watson put things in me in Sunday school. Mother Watson put things in me as my youth pastor. And then when she retired from being a youth pastor, uh, Reverend Alan Haywood put things in me that now as I look back as a father, as a husband, I, I cannot sing their praises enough for taking time to invest in me. She made the term famous, but she's right. It takes a village to raise a child. I had a humorous conversation with uh, uh, Sheldon this week. And Sheldon said, Uncle Brian, this is crazy. I have these little kids pointed to me and say, there's Uncle Sheldon. And he's like, I remember when I was their age. And I said, there's Uncle Ken and Uncle Roy, and Uncle Cameron, and and now they're calling me Uncle. This is crazy. I'm not that old. No. <laughs> but we're family folks. And I yeah, I want to see the day when people say, you know. There's uncle such and such and they're looking at you like, but he's, he's white. How's your uncle? Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. You don't need to know. He's family. She's family. Thank you, Jesus. You don't have to live cursed. You don't have to live with this net around your net. That is the indication that the devil has been scoring on your life all the time. Today, we start to reverse the curse. If you're here right now and you're like, man, I am just feeling like I take two steps forward and three steps back. I feel like I'm challenged and struggling. And 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 and, Bishop, I, I want. I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. This is. I really believe that this is my season, to come into what God has ca- called me to, and whatever net the enemy has around me. I want the word of God to cut it so that I can live a life of victory. I'm not asking you to tell me what that thing is. But what I want you to do, if 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 this is where it is speaking to you, could you stand right where you are and I want to include you in this final prayer? It it is time for breakthrough. It is time for your season. I mean, you can play around and uh, who's looking at me. There's no time for that, folks. It's time for you to walk into your season. It's time for you. I really believe that God is sending this series because this is the year of promise. And the year of promise cannot occur unless the curses, the curse, the net is broken. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And those of you, if you're around somebody who's standing and you know the word of prayer, I want you to point your hand in their direction because it's time for breakthrough. It's time for deliverance. It's time for the manifestation of the grace of God and the favor of God on our lives, in our marriages, in our jobs, in, in our families. It's time to break some stuff. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh. Mm. One more time. He's a waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you. Whether you're in the balcony, whether you're on the floor. Uh, 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 Under the uh, fellowship hall, rather. Stand where you are. Keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, even as people might still be standing, we are, this month, we are going to be pushing hard to create a culture of blessing. And again, Lord, our running definition of blessing is to empower people to succeed. And success means to fulfill the plan and purpose that God has created that individual to be. Father, I speak freedom into the lives of your people who are standing. Your word says, if the son, therefore, Jesus Christ shall make us free, we shall be free in our deeds. In other words, we won't simply be free in our thinking. We'll actually be free to do the things that you put on our hearts to do. Father, I also pray for those in our midst who, who are called to be Sunday school teachers, who are called to be Sunday school workers, who are called to invest in, I'm, I'm asking you for some nursery workers, Lord, who, who will be a blessing to children. Parents realized that when Jesus came into town, they said, I just want you to touch my child, Jesus. So Father, we're breaking every curse. We're cre- breaking every bondage. And we're going to create an atmosphere where the fragrance of freedom and deliverance will flow to such a place that, Lord, Lord, we're going to see it in people's expressions, in people's faces, in people's countenance that, wow, I'm, I'm feeling freer and freer every day. I am not cursed. I am blessed. I am not locked out of the presence of God. I am invited into the presence of God. I, in fact, I'm not simply invited in his presence. I live in his presence. And so, Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing. This is an exciting year. Ah, we have four more months of the year of promise, and you're going to fulfill your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand.